0: Hello everyone, my name is Eldar. Welcome to another episode of Ask Me About North Korea, a podcast about the most reclusive country in the world. In this podcast, I'm answering the most widespread questions about North Korean politics, society, and culture, in a short and concise manner, based on factual evidence. If you like this podcast, I would be grateful if you could share it with your friends, leave a positive review, make a donation, or subscribe. You can also visit the podcast website, www.askmeaboutdprk.wordpress.com. There you can access episode transcripts as well as some other materials such as book reviews, film recommendations, and online events. As the name of the podcast suggests, please feel free to ask me questions in your comments and reviews. I will do my best to answer them in the next episodes. And now, let's start.
1: Even before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, North Korea had a reputation as one of the most, if not the most isolated societies on earth. It was as if North Korea was already living under the conditions of a permanent COVID-19 lockdown. Indeed, it was hard to imagine that the hermit nation could get any more reclusive than it had already been. Yet with COVID-19 raging all over the world, North Korea seems to be rolling down the path of new, unprecedented levels of isolationism. You probably remember me talking about North Korea's COVID-19 response in some of the previous podcast episodes on the show. Yet today, I would like to focus on the sustainability of this approach in the long run. After all, many are right to question this approach as economically dangerous, There has been quite a bit of speculation in the expert community and in a broader circle of North Korea watchers about whether the country is going to reopen in the course of 2021 to 2022. The most recent developments over the past month in North Korea's Covid-19 response, however, underline an undeniable truth. Despite serious economic difficulties, the DPRK is not going to live the lockdown any time soon. First, the leadership remains extremely serious about its quarantine measures, sometimes going to the verge of comical extremes. You might remember the example that I had referenced before. In January of 2021, playing in the snow was banned because snowflakes could allegedly carry COVID-19. Second, we can also see confirmation in the official narrative. For example, in June 2021, Rodong Shimun the mouthpiece of the Workers' Party of Korea, stated the following, the vaccines that are currently being distributed may not be able to protect people from the virus spreading or new strains of the virus, after all, as experts are warning that COVID-19 will continue to evolve for the next few years. Finally, unlike most countries, Pyongyang shows no intention of weakening the quarantine restrictions imposed even if compared to China, whose response to the pandemic was referenced as one of the strictest and most extreme, the DPRK is still even more conservative and assertive. Still, the DPRK is not an exception to the laws of economy. Hence, its GDP has suffered a serious hit when the lockdown was introduced. Both supply and demand were severely restricted. Foreign trade A.K. trade with China, suffered a particularly serious blow in 2020, dropping all the way down to just 10% from the previous year. Here I would like to give you some context, China is de facto the only import partner that the DPRK has, 96% of all the goods imported to North Korea come from China, so the global effects of the pandemic combined with the lockdown hit the DPRK very very hard. Yet the government has persisted, and still persists, with its anti-virus measures. But why keep it up? There are three main reasons for that. First, North Korea has the necessary political infrastructure for maintaining quarantine in place. After all, it is an authoritarian ultra-police system which controls almost every single aspect of its citizens' lives. Hence, Pyongyang will be able to ward off the deadly virus and prevent it from penetrating the country by simply introducing and effectively enforcing draconian regulations, which would restrict movement. Actually, strict quarantines are kind of a normal North Korean reaction to any medical emergencies. Similar restrictions were introduced in 2003 during the SARS outbreak, in 2014 during the Ebola outbreak and in 2015 during the MERS epidemic. Second there is the vaccines procurement problem. The problem has two sides to it. On the one hand, there is a general lack of vaccines for developing countries due to the fact that western countries hoarded the available supplies in the late 2020, early 2021. The limited supply of 2 million doses of AstraZeneca offered to Pyongyang through COVAX by the World Health Organization won't do the trick. With that number, North Korea will not be able to vaccinate even 5% of its total population. On the other hand, after all the controversial discussions in the Western media about the potential side effects of the existing vaccines such as AstraZeneca, a genuine vaccine skepticism seems to be emerging in the DPRK, or at least amongst its leadership. When several western countries like Denmark banned AstraZeneca altogether, this development must have left a strong impression about the vaccine's quality in the DPRK. Thus, official North Korean media now argue that it would be wiser to wait out and see which vaccines are the best, rather than hastily use the ones that might have dangerous side effects. Finally, Pyongyang finds itself in a relatively comfortable geopolitical environment. On the one hand, the geopolitical confrontation between China and the United States is increasingly escalating. Hence, Beijing would feel an increasing urge to support its anti-American friends in Pyongyang. As Andrei Lankov of Korea Risk Group notes, China badly needs a stable North Korea, so it will provide enough basic food, medicine and fuel supplies to ensure the situation will not deteriorate to the point of a large-scale famine, quote. In South Korea, on the other hand, you have a progressive left-wing nationalist government, which is very keen on cooperating with the DPRK through the development of humanitarian links between the two countries. In fact, South Korea appears to be keen to send millions of vaccines to Pyongyang free of charge, even though its own inoculation program is kind of limping. Given the high level of North Korean paranoia, whether this aid enters the country remains to be an open question. Nevertheless, since North Korea has been building and launching large disinfection and quarantine centres along its border, there might be a chance of this South Korean initiative working out after all. Unless, of course, it gets torpedoed by North Korea's wane irrationality. So, those were the three key reasons why I think that the North Korean leadership hopes to sit out the global crisis betting on strict lockdowns rather than on immunizing their citizens. What do you think about the North Korean approach to tackling the COVID-19 pandemic? Leave your opinion in the comments below or in the review section. If you like this episode, please leave a positive review on the podcast platform, subscribe to the podcast, or make a donation on my website, www.askmeaboutdprk.wordpress.com. Also, feel free to provide your feedback on this episode's quality and ask any questions about North Korea that you might have. Thank you for listening, stay healthy and stay tuned.